Previously on Wormwood, Dr. Xander Crow arrived in the small town of Wormwood following the psychic visions of a woman drowned in a bathtub. No one seems to know of this dead woman, and Dr. Crow's interrogations have met with mixed results, raising the ire of Sheriff Tom Bradley. Dr. Crow's investigations has also brought him in contact with Steve Haskell, the owner of the Cold Turkey Saloon in town. Dr. Sander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 5, Muck and Meyer, written by Jeremy Rogers. yours if you can pay the price. It's the only thing we need to be talking about. It's true that the fragment was unearthed from your town's quarry. I call it a fragment? It's more of a sliver, really. Oh, damn it! Everything okay, babe? What? Oh, it's nothing. Everything's fine, Lamora. What are you still doing here? I thought you'd punched out for the night ducked out with that dopey musician. Yeah, in his dreams. I saw you talking to Sheriff Bradley earlier. He's not still on your case about me working here, is he? No. What? What did you do to your hair? Just dyed it in the break room. What do you think? Do you like it? It's so blonde. Lamora, you look like your mother. Well, that's okay by me. I thought you'd like it. Yeah. I do, but it's a little scary. Your mother never smoked. Yes, she did. Not when she was 18. She's not here anymore. I am. So it doesn't matter if I don't get it exact. I'm the closest thing you've got. It's not a good idea to try and uncover who your mother was by walking in her footsteps. You'll get her all wrong. Are you really going to look me in the eye and tell me you have Your mother was... cosmic. That's until you loved her. No, it's not sweet. It's not a romantic notion. Your mother, she was curious. She was able to see around things in ways that turned her curiosity horrific. That's why she was tormented enough to... To kill herself? Oh, there's so much that you're blind to. And I owe it to her to keep it that way. Maybe I want to know everything. Is that so surprising? Maura, do you still have that necklace? She gave this to me the day she did it. 
It's been two years, and I haven't taken it off. Not once. She never told you what it is or where it came from? The pendant. It's just a little pebble from the quarry. No. She told you that? Maybe I just assumed it. Maybe she didn't tell me. I don't know. She didn't tell me goodbye. I know that for sure. Listen. I want you to give it to me. Indeed, Steve. The necklace. I, I need to get rid of it. No questions and no games out of it. If you want it so badly, then take it off me. Lamora, you're not her. Oh, come on, baby. I can be. And you know it. Don't call me that. You and I are not... Damn it, how many times do I have to tell you? You want a smart-ass answer for that one? You're so concerned with what people think of you working here at your age. Have you ever stopped to look at what people might find really disturbing? Whatever, Steve. I can call you Stepdaddy, if that's what you want. I want you to go home. I was going to wait around with you. Take the car and go. Please. Fine. But I'm going to crash in your bed. You'll just have to deal with me when you get home. Here. Take the necklace. It's the last thing she ever gave to me. You can have it. Wait, Lamora. Changed your mind all by yourself, did you? That was fast. Look, help me set up some buckets to catch the rain before you go. This this roof, you know. Sure. Okay.
You've reached Sparrow. Give me a compelling reason to call you back. So, you will delight in this, my sardonic assistant. In a fit of sleeplessness, I managed to maim my mobile phone. There are more screws than drilled holes, and no excuse for a lack of understanding the field of communications is necessary. It simply has no place, but I see now that it most definitely has a purpose. Yes, I am calling from a rotary, a rotary phone at the front desk of this dreadful B&B. Suffice to say, I'll be out of reach until I can find something new to carry with me. I've got my eye on one of those sleek keypad-looking... Hope that god-awful storm didn't keep you up last night. Mr. Mason, pay no mind to my choice of... If I was writing a travelogue, I would most certainly overuse the word charming. But that sunny disposition just wouldn't fly with my assistant. You have a reputation to uphold. I get it, Dr. Crow. Don't get me wrong, this is a cute place, and I plan to benefit from my stay here. Even if my efforts are in vain, stumbling upon a town such as Wormwood is quite thrilling. Enclaves are seldom so... charming. Well, I'm glad to have your business, in spite of your quirks. But, uh, Dr. Crow... Say, you wouldn't happen to know where I could pick up a new phone, would you? Mine seems to have shattered up against your wall late last night. Sure. What you want to do is take that road out there for about an hour... Until you come to a freeway. You'll want to head south for six hours or so until you find a place called Los Angeles. Sarcasm does not become you, Mr. Mason. Ah, hell, Doc. There's nothing in town and nothing all that nearby. But let me see if I can find something lying around for you to use. You're a good man. Must be. Top of the morning to you, Dr. Crow. Good God, Jimmy Details. Get yourself to school, young man. I just have to hit up the diner for a cup of joe before I hightail it to my Scandinavian folklore class. Today we're studying the... There you go. Coffee! Black! And something, anything, in the appropriate shape of a pastry. The storm in expecting everyone to be waiting for you type. I see. When the need calls, there's no time to dwindle away on the frivolities of preliminary chit-chat. Well, good morning to you, too. Thank you, dear dream. Sure, Mr. Crow. It's Dr. Crow. And here he is, sweaty and breathless for no apparent reason. I ran. I don't even want to know what you wasted your gas money on this time. It's not like that. Well, sort of, but it's not a waste. Sure, I could buy books, be a college student and all. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that, youngster. Or buy gas, but when you stop and realize that it's all about feeding the muse, the only valid thing to do is... Jimmy, I'm already tired. You lost us and we don't care. Okay. I had to buy a new mic. Oh, I should have known. See, recovering the Icelandic blood feuds in class, you know, Vikings and murdering your family and all that stuff, it's epic. And I got an idea for something progressive. I'm talking 18 minutes of high-concept metal. And with that, I think I'll pass on the pastry and go ahead and walk out of here before he starts singing and playing air guitar. Right, okay, yeah, well, later then. No. Deidre, a cup of your blackest to go. I have to book or I'll be late again. My professor, he's kind of a cantankerous variety. Kind of like you, Dr. Crow, but mean about it. If I'm late again, he's going to... Jimmy! Take a breath. Good. That's better. 
Now, without gas in your car, how are you getting to school? Oh, no, you don't, Deirdre. Don't you dare say what I think you're going to say. I am warning you. Thanks for the lift, Dr. Crow. Well, it gives us a chance to bond. Do you really think somebody's going to be drowned? I mean, that's sort of a strange thing to come into town in search of, you know? It's happened here before. Yeah, like 70 years ago. It was a mess for a while, but the town rallied together, and it's been a quaint, old, boring wormwood since. The kid who did it's still alive, though. Maybe you know your stuff. Jimmy, don't forget to register the compliment. Read my blog, chock a block full of the dark and the dastardly, all for feeding the mythology and music. Oh, good, you have a cassette player. I made a mixtape of my band's greatest hits for this girl at school. Check this out. No, peace. Wait, here's the best part. Oh no, what did I do? Dude, your hand, that's downright fugly. It looks rotted. Oh man, is that wax? Is that why you wear the glove? It's a long story. Damn, man, I'm primed for the night terrors now. Let's keep it between the two of us, Charlie, if you don't mind. I know the town is already a buzz. That reminds me. I overheard Sheriff Bradley asking some questions about you last night, the cool turkey. I was there for... There's this girl, Steve, the owner. His daughter's this hot chick all messed up in the head. Jimmy, Jimmy, remember our talk about focus? Yeah, so Sheriff Bradley thinks you're a writer or something, looking to stir up controversy for some publicity. Maybe you have a book or movie or whatever. Interesting. That's very good eavesdropping, Jimmy. Then I reminded them that you're a doctor, not the typical Hollywood type. And then he intervenes. An important rule of thumb if you're going to be a detective for me is to never let them know that you're listening. My bad. I didn't think it was any big deal. Wormwood is a small town and people like to gossip. You know how it goes. I just wanted to set them straight about you. Oh, hey, this is my stop. Thanks, Doc, for the ride. I hope I didn't mess anything up. No, Jimmy. And my apologies about your cassette. You'll find another way to charm the ladies. I don't doubt it. Speaking of the ladies, you know Deidre at the diner? It's a stone cold crush. I know it's a tad on the early side to be pulling beers, but I see that your car is parked out front. Hello. I wanted to ask you a few questions. Damn the gods! Steve! What on earth did you do? This is not how people are murdered. Oh, this mud. Mud. 
audio journal of Dr. Xander Kerr. I'm standing in the cold turkey, a bar in Wormwood, California, over the body of the business owner found ripped limb from limb. This is not ordinary. It's not a robbery or a crime of passion. I'm taking note of the presence of mud over the scene, everywhere, in heavy globs where the struggle appears to have been most aggressive. The children in this town talk of an area-specific bogeyman known as the Muddy Man. Details are undefined. But must rule out the possibility of an elaborate scene dressing obscuring regular foul play, and will search for markings and inscriptions. This town, Wormwood, how has it slipped under my radar until now? Interested parties have agreed upon your price for possession of the healed relic, Mr. Haskell. We wish to make arrangements quickly. Relics and murder. And you did say possession, I believe. It's all too much. Who are you? Hilled relic. Interesting. What have you been up to, bartender Steve? You've reached Sparrow. Give me a compelling reason to call you back. Sparrow, I know you avoid calls from numbers that you don't recognize, but I need you to call me back on this line as soon as you listen to this message. It's urgent. We have more issues at play in town than I was initially worried about. Patience for idiots who can't dial a number correctly. So while I'm giving you a slide this time, don't let that lure you into a sense of security, okay? You dial me by accident again, and I'll upload a virus to your phone. Got it? Sparrow, didn't I tell you that I would be acquiring a new... Hey, boss. What gives in Wormwood? To start, I'm glad you're back. I trust everything went well. Wow. You remembered our lesson in conversational etiquette. There's hope for you yet. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. My patience just jumped off a cliff out of sheer boredom. And there we go again. Back to square one. I'm starting to convince myself that this town is the hub of relentlessly bad circumstance with a dash of the very bad things we don't like thrown in for good measure. Have you ever been to St. Louis? Yes, but listen to this, Sparrow. I'm standing over a dismembered body. That's great. Really? Do you think you could just... Solve a mystery once in a while without compounding it in with your bad circumstances? I'm not in the mood to play. Who says I'm playing? Every time you say the well runs deeper than you imagined, or that you didn't see that one coming, it all makes my job more difficult. And dangerous. Sparrow, this is about Marino. I don't know what to tell you, except that I fear we have more pressing matters at hand. If they find out that I work for you... I will haunt your ass. Hard. Fair enough, but I won't let them or anything get to you. Not again. Okay? So, who died? Bartender. The only bartender in town, I might add, has been torn to shreds. By the look of things, I'd say he was involved in our kind of business. Have you heard of something called the Hilled Relic? Hmm. Can't say that I have. What about the Muddy Man? 
It could be a sort of local urban legend. How much time do I have? Get back to me as fast as you can. I'm running out of time here. The locals are getting restless the more I poke around. Business as usual. Take down this number. It's the phone I'll be using, as it seems to have a direct connection to some outside sources that I gather are not too pleased with the fact that I know what they're seeking. You're on the victim's phone. Indeed. And I am going to see who he called last. Start unraveling the case. What about the drowned girl? It's all too coincidental. There has to be a relation. Okay, I'm going to check phone records. Call me back, Sparrow. Thank you. Try the next to next last number now. The one before you called me. Ah. Thank you. Steve, I can't talk right now. It's lunchtime and half the town is in here. Hello? Steve, you in here? I wanted to stop in to see how your roof held up during last night's... Oh my god. What the hell? You! There, in the back! Freeze! Already I can tell that this doesn't look good, does it? But I want you to know that while I may be partial to a drink now and then, I seldom touch the stuff before noon. Crow? Oh, this is too much. You wanted to be a suspect? Well, you finally earned it. Jesus, man, what the hell are you up to? Sheriff, you know that I stumbled in here as obliviously as you did. I can't believe this. Put your hands in the air, even that messed up one of yours. I'm afraid you're in over your head. This isn't local jurisdiction stuff. Look at it! What man could have done something like this? Yeah, well, I don't exactly know what kind of man you are, now do I? Nobody around here does. Oh... Holy hell! Steve! I just been ripped to pieces! It's really close and tragic. But what I'm curious about is the kind of man our bartender was to warrant an act of such brutality. He didn't warrant this, Crow! No man could ever deserve being torn apart. And don't go trying to drag his name and reputation down into the mud to twist all of this to fit into your supernatural design. I won't have it, Crow! I won't! Mud. I know where you're going, and I'm advising you to shut your mouth before you finish that thought. He was murdered, plain and simple. Nobody is murdered this way. I'm telling you that it's not regular, Sheriff. This was an act of hell on earth. And I'd wager that it was coordinated by someone in your town, which makes this a case for the both of us. This is when we start working together. Oh, forget it. Let me tell you something. You've been in the wrong place too many times since you've come to town. I'm onto something, can't you see? You know I didn't do this. You can lower your pistol. Look, I know you probably didn't. But you're done here regardless, Doctor. This isn't necessary. In fact, it's counterproductive. Outside. You'll wait in a car until I can figure out what to do with it. You're making a mistake. You don't need to bother with me. It's the muddy man you want. Dr. Zandercrow, you have the right to remain silent. And I urge you to express that right. Continued on the next episode of Wormwood.
David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Wormwood is an original podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the cast of Season 1 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Peronzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Mr. Brezier, Phineas Tibbert, and your announcer, Rob Grindlicker as Sheriff Tom Bradley and Steve Haskell, Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders and Deidre Frost, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel, Zachary Fawkes as Brent Saunders and Charles Edison, Cheyenne Besides as Lamora Haskell and Katrina Edison, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley, Luke Gannon as Dr. Pete Menno, and Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. This week's episode includes the music track Thin by Absent Me. For more details, visit www.absentme.com and iTunes. Wicked Hold On Me by Kathy Nobrega. For more details, visit the website podsafeaudio.com. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. Your hand, that's downright fugly. It looks rotted. Oh man, is that wax?